You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Some of you who are standing here are going to see it happen. See the kingdom of God arrive in full force. Six days later, three of them did see it. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up up to a high mountain. His appearance changed from the inside out. Right before their eyes, and his clothes shimmered. Glistening white. Whiter than any bleach could make them. Elijah, along with Moses, came into view in deep conversation with Jesus. Peter interrupted. Rabbi, this is a great moment. Let us build three memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He blurted this out without thinking. Stunned as they all were by what they were seeing. Just then, a light radiant cloud enveloped them all. And from deep in the cloud, a voice. This is my son, marked by my love. Listen to him. And the next minute, the disciples were looking around, rubbing their eyes, seeing nothing but Jesus, only Jesus, coming down the mountain. Jesus swore them to secrecy. Don't tell a soul what you saw. After the Son of Man rises from the dead, you are free to talk. They puzzled puzzled over over that. that. Wondering what on earth, rising from the dead, meant. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Definitely looks a lot different from this side of the pulpit. (laughs) I want to let you guys know that um, there will be a a memorial service for Shelley Thornton this coming Thursday at 11 o'clock, and special prayers for Mark and her family, the Thornton family, as they go through this time of loss. I'd also like to say a special prayer um, for the people um, of the Ukraine and Russia. As the the conflicts in this world can be a scary time and a scary place, um, let's bow our heads and pray. Holy and gracious God, we pray for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia, for their countries and their leaders. We pray for all those who are afraid that your everlasting arms hold them in this time of great fear. We pray for all those who have the power over life and death, that they will choose for all people life and life in its fullness. We pray for those who choose war, that they will remember that you direct your people to turn swords into plowshares and to seek peace. We pray for leaders on the world stage, that they are inspired by the wisdom and courage of Christ. Above all, Lord, today we pray for peace in Ukraine. We ask this in your name of the Blessed Son. Lord, have mercy. Amen. Well, most of you who know me know that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I loved the movies as a kid, rekindled my love in the late 90s with the remastered original trilogy in 1997 and the hype of the release of the prequels in 1999, 
1999 also was a convenient time to get married because I would think, I thought I would never forget my anniversary because that's when Star Wars came out. <laughs> right, Jenny? <laughs> my affection continued throughout the years, reading a ton of related books, collecting mem memorabilia, particularly Lego Star Wars. And I was again super excited when the most recent trilogy of movies hit the screens in 2015. I really enjoyed the first one, The Force Awakens, but when Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, came out, well, I kind of had mixed opinion on that one. There was one thing that stuck with me, though, a movie, or a scene from the movie, in which Yoda comes out. Steve's about to play a clip I'm referring to, and my apologies to the folks watching from home, but we can't play it on the live stream. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, so who doesn't love a little bit of Yoda? Live streamers. What you missed was a scene where Luke has reached the end of his rope. And suddenly, out of nowhere, Yoda appears and begins to have a conversation with him. This moment, when our main character reaches a crossroad or a moment of high point, and out of nowhere, spirits of loved ones and mentors materialize out of thin air. It's not an uncommon scene in movies. It happens multiple times in Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Lord of the Rings, and many more. This idea is not a new phenomenon in literature. It's an idea that happened 2,000 years ago, and it's an idea that takes place in our scripture today. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up high on the mountain. This is a time when their teacher, friend, and Lord has foretold of his coming death. I can only imagine that disciples were perplexed and full of mixed emotions. When they arrived and were alone high on the mountain, Jesus transfigured. Moses and Elijah appear, and at that moment, I can only imagine how it must have felt. Astonishing, incredible, frightening, or like our, our friend Luke, maybe even a little bit of a calming surprise. In the scripture, the disciples responded by wanting to build shelters. Hmm, shelters. I can only interpret that as they wanted to preserve this holy moment. It must have been euphoric, and they didn't want to go back to the reality that their teacher had foretold.
God had another plan. They couldn't live in this moment forever because there was work to be done. In 2000, I was newly married, recently graduated from college, and working as a builder. John Lees, the youth coordinator at the time, asked me and my wife Jenny if I, for us to join the youth committee and to volunteer as adult leaders in high school youth group. I hadn't been particularly religious throughout my high school and early 20s, though I did have a lot of respect for my mom, my grandparents, for their strong faith and commitment to their church. So when John asked me to believe, be a leader, I was a bit skeptical. How could I be a leader? I didn't have great biblical knowledge, but God had different plans for me. That summer, Jenny and I attended high school righteous mission for the first time. That year, we stayed at Christ the King Church in Oxford, Michigan. And as leader, John, as an adult leader, John had asked me to oversee planning, preparing, and building a complicated wheelchair ramp for a family in Pontiac. I was, to say the least, a bit overwhelmed. Though a trained carpenter, I had never managed a project of this scope. And on my own, to be honest, wasn't completely comfortable working with youth. I had to consider getting a ramp built, completing it within the time frame that I had with inexperienced youth labor, and on top of that, these, or on top of that, keeping them all safe using power tools. These were someone else's beloved children, something I had never really considered at that point up to my life. Somehow, I found my footing and was able to get the project in good order. Each day I was amazed at how the youth and project came together. I began to understand, sense something new. It was the Holy Spirit flowing through me, the youth and all the volunteers from our church family. I came away from that first mission week emotionally high, exhausted, and transformed. I wanted to preserve that week forever, but the show must go on. My fourth righteous mission trip was in coastal North Carolina. The area we stayed had been devastated by flooding and wind damage from Hurricane Isabel. Our first three days, our team worked at a little United Methodist Church, cleaning, painting, and gardening. To be honest, this wasn't the most fun work. It was dusty and hot, and one of our projects was to clean and sweep an attic that was just not the funnest. But on the third day, oh, but, but the cool part about it was that we got to meet the people from the church, and they were fascinating, and it was amazing fellowship. Amazing fellowship was had. On the third day, we moved to the demolition and cleanup job. Another one of CUMC's teams had worked there Monday through Wednesday and had torn down and thrown in dumpsters most of a mobile home that had been destroyed by the hurricane. Jim Whiteford, one of the first team's leaders, told me the job was essentially done as far as it could be completed. The dumpsters were full, and the only thing left was a heavy metal frame of the mobile home. As we spoke, it occurred to me that there may be a solution. I just so happened, it just so happened we were staying in a high school, and this high school had an auto shop. I took auto shop when I was in high school, and always, auto shops always have cutting torches. As luck would have it, they did. And yours truly knows its way around a cutting torch. With a little bit of trepidation, YouthWorks and the high, school's, the high school leadership agreed to let me take the torches, and safety gear, of course, off to the job site to cut up the frame. 
They also arranged to have a fresh dumpster to be delivered. When our team arrived on Thursday morning, we began the hot task of cutting up the frame. It felt awesome to use my talents to teach the young youth a new skill. And everyone got an opportunity to cut steel with an oxyacetylene torch, and they seemed to have fun watching the sparks fly. Unfortunately, we didn't get the new dumpster until after lunch, and we were feeling a little deflated. There was lots of work yet to be done, and we had been excited at the thought of wrapping this job up. We kept at it, though, cutting and loading the dumpster, but as the hours passed by, we knew we wouldn't make it in time to get back to the school for evening activities. Just as we had lost hope, I kid you not, a front-end loader drives down the road, pulls into the driveway, and says, can I give you guys a hand cleaning the rest of this mess up? We couldn't believe it. There wasn't a dry eye on the job site. The man had been watching us throughout the week and was impressed at the progress we'd been making getting this, this thing cleaned up. The Holy Spirit definitely touched us all the tears that day. If we could have, we would have built a shelter right there to live and preserve in that moment forever. But we knew we had to go forth and share what we had experienced. In 2013, after taking a few years off from high school youth leader, leadership, I was asked by Pastor Amy, thank you, if I would consider returning to it. I had enjoyed the break as it enabled me to focus on spending time with my daughter in her various activities. But I, I, but I felt the pull, and I knew it was time to get back to work. God called me to do it. Working with CUMC youth again felt right like pulling on a favorite hoodie or sweatshirt, comfortable and just the right fit. We had great leadership and, as always, amazing youth. Righteous Mission was in Knox County, Kentucky, the summer of 2014. It was a return for me to the amazing fellowship and spiritual highs that I had experienced in the past. My team re-roofed and built a deck on a home for a family that was making progress to reunite with their children after experiencing many setbacks. Each day passed, as each day passed, I again experienced the Holy Spirit working through us and was humbled by God's mighty power. God once again took me to the mountaintop, reminded me of my talents I'd been blessed with and reunited my call to use them to better our world. Experiencing amazing holy moments on mission trips, is going high in the mountain with Jesus. Like Peter, so many times I wished I could have stopped time, built a shelter, and stayed in those moments forever. I deeply believe Jesus recognizes that we need mountaintop moments, and he leads us to them. These moments help define our faith journey, stay in our hearts, but you can't, but you can't live there. We can't because Jesus calls us to continue to do the work. The work of supporting our families. The work of raising our children. The work of helping our community. Telling our stories. Loving one another. And trying to do our best. The greatest news is that as we come down from the mountain, like Yoda in the movie clip, the Holy Spirit is always with us. Praise be to God.
You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.